Welcome. You're about to hear an inspirational message by David Entry. May your faith increase and your heart be stirred towards God as you listen to this life-transforming message. Press subscribe so you're the first to know when the messages are released. Blessed are your ears for the things they hear. Hallelujah. Well, when you become born again, what next? Why are you born again? Why are you in church? Some people will say, I don't need a church. I don't need a church. If you are born again, you don't need a church. You are the church. Since you are the church, the church is not a building. When you are walking by the roadside and you see this building, what comes into your mind? Is it church? No. Is it church that comes to your mind? It's a school. So it's not a church. But what are we doing here? Church. Yeah, so the church is not a cathedral. The church is not a building. The church, what is the church? The church is the gathering of the people of God. So when you are born again, the reason why this is a church is because you are here. When we finish, unbelievers can come and they can get the same keyboard. They can get drums. They can get microphone. They can do lectures here. It doesn't make it a church. So a church is the gathering of the people of God. When the people of God gather, where are you? If you are one of them, where are you? So when the people of God gather, you must identify with a gathering if you are a church, if you are part of the church, if you are a genuine Christian, you must be identified with the gathering of the believers. In Hebrews chapter 10, it says, not forsaking your, the assembling of yourselves together. Hebrews chapter 10, 25. Let's already Allah from the screen. Oh, read it out loud. So we are not supposed to be forsaking. What does it mean to forsake? When the, uh, the people gather, you have left it. You are not part of it. You forsaking it. So not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. This is not uh, um, imagination. It's physical gathering. As the manner of some is. That's bad manners for Christians. It's not good manners. It's a, that's some people's manner. As the manner of, this is bad manners. Bad spiritual manners is when the believers gather, you are not part of it. It's different if, let's say, you have an exam or you are engaged with something, but you are there, but you can't be bothered. Bad manners. But I just don't like, I don't like, sometimes I don't like the prayer. The prayer is too long. You like waiting in hospital. You know, and A&E is not a nice place to go. It's a very bad place to go. And sometimes when they even take you in ambulance, you think they will treat you quickly. <laughs> they, they don't treat you any, any quicker. You think ambulance will give you first class service. No, they just carry you to take you there. That's it. And they assess you. If you are okay, then you can wait. Unless it's a critical, then they rush you to theater or something. 
but they check if you are not dying. They, you have to wait. How many of you have waited in the hospital for a long time? Not maybe if sometimes even not for yourself, for your brother, for your sister, for your friend. He waited a long time. So sitting here is a luxury. Because something else can take that time. Yeah. Something else. Time, you are not in control of time. So you have to use time the way you want it to be used. Other than that, it will work against you with time. You have to use time. Use it. One day, Pastor Joshua said something I will never forget. He said, Pastor, I love and I'll make sure I'm always giving in church. Because I've discovered that if I don't give, the money will still go somewhere. The money will still go somewhere. I will end up spending it on maybe um, McDonald's or KFC or Nando's. Or you, you just, it's your friend's birthday. Let's go, let's go. But if you don't have the money, you don't have the money. You know, I was spending on something, spending to do an, uh, an extra, especially when they are sale, the sale. What you don't plan to buy because the money is there. So he said, Pastor, I've discovered that I will spend, something will, will take the money, one way or the other. So I will choose where it goes, so long as God is concerned, before it gets taken by something. Because with God, I know it's an investment. Yeah. I said, wow, that's wise. You've learned something. So you must learn how to invest your time. Sitting here is never a waste of time. A time spent with God is never wasted. Because your life is a product of the kind of meetings you have attended. The more meetings you attend, held good meetings, the better your, the outcome of your life. That is why even in schools, university, colleges, the kind of lectures you attend determine the kind of paper you can write well. <laughs> Somebody said, I don't want to go to uni. Uh, I'll buy the textbooks and read myself. Yeah, joking. I don't want to go for lectures. Even Prince William. He went to uni. Yeah. So, it's important to choose how to spend your time and invest your time very well. So, it says that, ask the manner of something, but exalting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. There's always a day coming. The day, this day really is talking about the coming of the Lord. But it also means the coming of your testimony. As you see the day approaching, exalt people. You shouldn't be the reason. Someone says, I, I didn't like the way the usher spoke to me. I didn't like the way that person spoke to me. So I really don't want to come. And he said, I understand you, even me. You, the devil is a liar. You, you should exalt somebody that, you know what? The devil is trying to stop you. Get over it. No, don't, don't worry. Ignore it. Let's come on. Let's go. Let's go and pray. Let's go fellowship. Let's go and do it. You should be the one exalting somebody. Because how many of you have ever felt discouraged? Every time. Last Sunday I was telling some people, I really didn't want to come to church today. <laughs> how many of you feel sometimes you don't want to go to church? I've been going to church for the past 30 years. Every Sunday I'm in church. I don't miss church. For 31 years, I've never missed one Sunday. And that's Sundays and weekdays as well. Oh, I'm, I'm always in church. I'm always in church. Yeah. So when you see me standing here like this and talking like this and looking that cool, there's a, there's a combination of church meetings that have brought me where I am. Where I am. 
church meetings. Church meetings is not a waste of time. I said, don't forsake the assembling of yourself together. As the manner of some is. That is why some of you know, when the coronavirus, when the lockdown came last year, it affected a lot of people. Because some of you are genuine, you love God, but you know somebody who now says, I can't be bothered anymore. And you, they, were, they used to be genuine. What has happened? What has happened? Lack of fellowship has happened. You can easily be discouraged. Because life has got a lot of challenges. Some of you, you are young, but your challenges are matured. <laughs> Not just matured, macho, macho, matured, macho and matured challenges. Yes. People don't know what you have been through and what you are going through. They don't know. If you tell some people, say, ah! But you know what? You are writing your story. Everybody's got a story to tell. You, everybody's a storyteller. You, do, you wait. In the next 10 years, 20 years, 25, 30 years, your life can be turned into a movie and it will be a nice one. Yes. Your, your story is a powerful story. Tell somebody. Tell somebody, I have a great story. So, I want you to know that you are a storyteller. Your life is a story. Look at the things you have been through. You see, when you hear other people's story, you think they're, wow. Wow. So, pastor has always been, for 30 years, he's never missed church. You are going to have your story 60 years, you have never missed church. You will tell a story. How your mom was like this. How your dad was like this. How this happened to you. How at uni this happened. How at college this happened. And how some people came to preach to you. And you came to know Jesus. How this happened. And this happened. And now look at where you are. Everybody's got a story. It's got a story. But if you fail, people really don't want to know about your story. When you succeed, they write your biography and it's wow. And most of you, your biography will be written and it will be a lot of church meetings. Amen. Shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Yeah. Are you learning something? Do not forsake the assembling of yourself together. You must know when it's time for gathering and he said, I'm not going to be there. You are breaking the scriptural instruction. And people are staying at home and say, I'm going to look for God myself. Come on. Get over yourself. They continued in the apostles' doctrine, apostles' prayer, apostles' fellowship. Read your Bible. Um, Acts chapter 2, verse 42. Apostles' fellowship, four things. Doctrine, that's teaching. So we can't gather without teaching. Teaching, and I don't have anything to teach but what the apostles are teaching. It's a continuation of what they started teaching and it must be in agreement with the scripture. Anything we teach and it's not in agreement with scripture, throw it away, even if it sounds nice. Throw it away. It must be in agreement with scripture. They continue. Say continue. continue. Why are you stopping? Say continue. continue. In lockdown, what do you do? Continue. Coronavirus, what do you do? Continue. University, what do you do? Continue. First year. Second year, third year, your master's, your PhD, when you get married, when you have your children, when you become a businessman, a businesswoman, a wealthy person, you are breaking through. What do you do? Continue. Shall continue. Put your hands together for the Lord. The only way 
The only reason why you can continue is because of the help of God. In Acts chapter 26, verse 22, 1 and 22, he said, Therefore, having obtained help from God, oh my goodness, oh my God, therefore, having obtained, see, if I stand here and make myself look like I'm so intelligent and so powerful, I've been ungrateful to God. Because for 30 years, I haven't missed church. It's not because I'm smarter. So how did I continue? I obtained help from God. Having therefore obtained help of God, I... That, that, that's my story. That's my story. To this day, for 31 years, you have never met, missed a church and you are still preaching. Yes. Because God is helping me. So, don't think that God can help you. The only problem is some people are not ready for the help of God. Some people are too proud for the help of God. Some people are too full of themselves for the help of God. Some people are too arrogant for the help of God. But when you humble yourself and you cry out for help and you ask God for help, I'm telling you, God is a God of help. Having obtained help to this day, uh, uh, therefore, having obtain help of God. I continue to this day preaching. I'm continuing. I've been through so much, but I'm continuing. I've been... How many of you have been through some stuff? But what are you doing? It says that we are not of them that draw back unto perdition. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 36, 37, 38, 36 and 37 particularly. It says that, for you have need of patience. Why is it that I haven't gotten it yet? I've not. How many of you have um, maybe been disappointed? You prayed about something and it didn't happen. And you have really let down. You are going for the interview, in fact, the exam or something. You thought, you knew, you fasted, you did everything. Oh! Oh! You've tried everything. In fact, you did. You came to church early. You were sitting in front seats. Hey, because tomorrow you are going for a big interview. And when they say pray, you pray. When they say God is about to do a miracle, you jump. Amen. And then you go. They say sorry, sorry, no, we don't want you. And you, you, you felt like a stab in the heart. Yeah, it's part of your training in working with God. When you feel let down, so he talks about. You have need of. You need it. When you want something and it hasn't happened, you have need of. Because as long as God is with you, you are not going down. You, are not go you may not have it, but you are not going down. And later, everything will show. You have need of. Having so you have to do. Focus more on pleasing God than getting things done for you. Having done the, that, you have need of patience that after some people want it before. Before, no. After ye, that's you, have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. So, I, I, I declare blessings and you say, Amen. And then you go and fornicate. And then you go and gossip. Listen, when you leave here, Satan is waiting for you. 
Yeah, oh yeah. I don't know if you know that. Satan is not happy to see you go. So he will use different things to try and tie you down and pull you down. Things like people who matter to you, he will use them. He will use friends who you have been like bosom friends so much. This this is he's like this. No, no, I can't do this again. This is my body, body. He will use them. He will use your mother's complaining. Yeah. He will use your father's complaining. Yeah. And then your sister will jump on the bank wall. Complain, 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 complain. Would you be surprised if I, t- I tell you I've not started preaching my message? I haven't started. In, in Acts chapter 7, verse 59, they were stoning her. I think you will like this. Let's all read the Allah from the screen. What did they do to him? And what was he doing? Because, oh, thank you, Jesus. Because calling on the Lord, I mentioned it, is the normal way to get Jesus in heaven to manifest his life through you. So in the early church, they had the habit of calling on the name of the Lord. It's surprising that this has not been taught in a lot of churches and places. But when you read the Bible, from Genesis, people were calling on the name of the Lord. It started, I've taught on this extensively. It started in Genesis chapter um, 24 verse 26. Chapter 4 verse 26 or 526. Then Enoch began, uh, and men began to call on the name of the Lord after Enoch. And, and then and he called his name, you know, and then began men to, men began at the time of the Enos, at the time of Enos. That's Enos was the, uh, I think, fourth person who was born. Adam gave birth to Seth. Seth gave birth to Enoch. I mean, it's there. There's no time. So, he started calling on, Bible said, men began to call on the name of the Lord. So, Moses called on the name of the Lord. Elijah called on the name of the Lord. David called on the name of the Lord. Isaac, Jacob, they called on the name of the Lord. Abraham called on the name of the Lord. The Israelites, they called on the name of the Lord. Aaron called on the name of the Lord. Jeremiah called on the name of the Lord. It was uh, Isaiah. It was a standard practice. They knew how to call on his name. And then Jesus Christ comes, and as I taught on Sunday, the first gospel that was preached, they said, and whoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now that tells you why people started calling on the name of the Lord in the days of Enos. They had to call because now man has fallen. Man has sinned against God. There was disconnect between man and God. God couldn't relate with man because man has fallen into sin. But man needed God. Man needed God. And so from that time, some people knew, I need God. They started calling on the name of the Lord. So after the fall, what man is supposed to do is to learn how to call on God for God to be engaged in your life. Now, they were doing that in the Old Testament. Suddenly, when the Holy Ghost came, the first message, Peter said that uh, it has been written it's by Joel. 
I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your, your young men shall see dreams and your old men shall see visions. And then he says that, and it shall come to pass, verse 21 of Acts chapter 2, and, and it shall come to pass that whoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So your salvation has everything to do with calling on the name of the Lord. Calling on the name of the Lord allows the heavenly Jesus to, be, to begin to shine his life through us. When you call on his name, you are opening yourself. You are opening your spirit. So, people from that time, people started calling on the name of the Lord. So, God prepared the grounds. And then Peter was preaching. And he said, and it shall come to pass. Whoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So, your salvation has everything to do with your calling. And it was repeated by Paul in Romans chapter 10, verse 11. That the same God, the same Lord, verse 12, is rich to all who call upon his name. For there is no Greek nor Jew. Is it not there? He said, for there is no difference between Jew. Race, race doesn't matter before God. For the same Lord is rich over all. So whether you are an old man or a young man, whether you are an old lady or a young lady, it doesn't matter. If you can call on his name, he is rich to all who call. Right. So now, then he goes on the verse 13 says, for Whoever shall call, it's the same thing, for whosoever shall call on the name of, there's a condition. He said, if you can call, you'll be saved. So when they were stoning Stephen, watch this, this is very important. It's a practice of the early church. When they were stoning Stephen, Bible says that they stole Stephen calling on the name of the Lord. What does he, what did he do? How did he call on the name of the Lord? He said, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, for whoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's in your Bible. Lord Jesus, then he added what he wanted. He said, receive my spirit. And something happened. That's what I was trying to teach. And suddenly, look at the next verse. It's very confusing. I don't know how anyone can do that in their right senses. That human strength. And he knelt down. And cried with a loud, not quietly, loud voice. Lord! It's like you are, you are really trying to tell, please! With intensity. Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. How? how? It's, it's different if you say, Lord, forgive them. But this one, he cried, cried, Lord, lay not this sin against their... Ah, what they are doing? They should go free. Why? Because he called on the name of the Lord. He did what only Jesus did when they were killing him. So it wasn't him. It was Jesus who took over. Oh, you see where I'm coming. Jesus, when they were killing him on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them for they know no. Ah, when they were killing and mocking you. Even if it me, even if you don't know what you are doing, you have to suffer for it. Oh, I'm telling you now. Ah, but what would you do? Some of you still, you can't even forgive. You can't forgive someone who bought Big Mac and he didn't give you some. You have not forgotten. Three years now, you still haven't forgotten. You haven't forgiven them. Yeah. Let alone someone who is trying to kill you. Someone who is trying to kill you and you are saying, God, forgive. When you were dying, in fact, they have killed you on the way dying. Your last words are for, ah! It, Jesus did that on the cross. Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them. 
the, another human being was able to do the same thing. How? Because he called on the name of the Lord. Now Jesus Christ manifested himself and his strength, having therefore obtained help from God. To this day I stand. Jesus manifested his strength in the guy. He called on Jesus and Jesus showed up. So you know what happened? Look at the next verse. So Saul, say Saul. Read it. So Saul was standing there consenting. Kill him. And Saul consented, consenting unto his death. But he saw something. He was there. He was, he was, he was, he was the one like overseer. Kill him. But he saw something that shook him. You know what he saw? The way the guy died. Something similar happened in Luke. Bible says in Luke chapter, chapter 23, when the centurion, when he saw the way Jesus died, he said, in fact, this man is a righteous man. True, he's the son of God. The way Jesus died, when he saw the way Jesus died, he said, of a truth, this guy is the son of God. Now watch this. Saul saw the way Stephen died. And you know what? The thing started haunting him. What was haunting him? The way the guy died, he didn't die normal. He died in a supernatural state. Because he couldn't have been doing that. How did he enter that supernatural phase? Because he called. And when the centurion, which stood over against him, saw that he so that he so cried out and gave up his goal. When he saw the way the guy cried and gave up, he said, truly. The way the guy died was not normal. The way Stephen died, there was a supernatural element in his death that Saul has killed other people. He has imprisoned them, but this one was different. And you know what he noticed? He, so when one day, Jesus, after Saul has converted, and Jesus met him in Jerusalem. Jesus, he was telling Jesus, okay, let me. God appeared to him and he said, leave, leave town now because the Jews will not accept you and they would like to kill you. God said, leave town. And he said, oh God, I can't leave. God, these people knew me. They knew my history. They knew how I was killing people. And when your servant, the martyr Stephen was being killed, I was there. So when Jesus appeared to him, his point of reference for the people he has killed, the, the, the murders he has committed, and the atrocities he has committed, his point of reference was Stephen. Acts chapter 22. This is when Ananias went to pray for him. You know Ananias? Paul, God told, those of you who say, I don't believe in going to church, God will speak to me himself. An angel went to Paul, Saul, to get him, no, Jesus appeared to him, got him converted. He said, go. There are people in church. They will talk to you. God doesn't behave like that. He doesn't behave like that in meeting people privately and just them, him and them. It doesn't behave like it's not church. God always uses an environment of the people. So when Saul, Jesus appeared to Saul on his way to Damascus, he said, "What? What do you want me to do? What? Can you imagine?" Before we come here, there's too many scriptures. In Acts chapter 9, verse, verse 5 and 6, he said, Lord, what do you want me to do? And the Lord said, do you know, the Lord didn't tell him, 
Stop, start preaching. When you go and preach this, preach. No, he said, go to the city. They will tell you. Who are the day? Who are the day? When some people tell you, I don't need the church. I don't need the preacher. They, are, they don't understand spiritual things. He said, he, he, he said, Lord, what would you want me to? Why didn't God tell him? And he said, the Lord said unto me, arise, go into the city and it shall be told you what you must do. Who? Who? You have appeared to me. You are the Lord. Why are you not telling me? No, I don't do that. There are people there who they will tell you. I just came to warn you and slap you. Go there now. They will, they will, yeah. That's how Can you imagine? Uh, Acts chapter 10. A whole angel appeared to Cornelius. And he said, send and go and call Peter so that he come and preach to you. Me, I can't preach. The angel said, me, I can't tell you the things you must hear. Peter must come. So send. And then he sent three days journey to go and bring Peter. Just to come and preach. Angels don't preach. So that religion where they said an angel appeared to them, it, it, should, it should tell you something. Yeah. <laughs> so let, let's, let's so when Ananias went to him and he was praying for him, Ananias went to preach, Acts chapter 22 verse 16, and he, he dropped something very significant. He said, what are you waiting for? He said, what are you waiting for? After I finished preaching, he said, now, what, give me, give me a, a new... A, a, New King James, quickly, please. Now, why are you waiting? What are you waiting for? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins. Doing what? In other words, that's what we all do. He went to Damascus. To, when, in chapter 9, verse 11, Ananias, the Bible said, there was a disciple in the city called Ananias. And the Lord said unto him, so that's verse 10, called Ananias. The Lord said unto him, go to the street, street called straight, and inquire of the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus, for behold, he's praying. Look at what Ananias said. Lord, Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard by many of, of this man how much evil he has done to the saints at Jerusalem. And we can look at the next one. And here he has authority from the chief priest to come and bind all. What are the believers doing? How do you know there are believers there? You hear them calling. So when he was being baptized, he said, Arise. What are you waiting for? Arise. Get baptized. Or you to call you on the name of the Lord. And when Jesus appeared to, um, as I was saying, um, Saul, Saul was telling Jesus his encounter with Stephen. Acts 22, 17. And it came to pass that when I, when, when I came I came again to Jerusalem. Even whilst I prayed in the temple, I was in a trance. And what happened? Jesus appeared to me. He said, leave town. They will kill you. And I saw him saying unto me, make haste and get thee, get thee quickly out of Jerusalem for they will not receive thy testimony concerning me. And he said, oh, these guys, they will believe me because they know how bad I was. So look at his reference. Then the next verse says that. And I said, Lord, they know that I imprison and beat in every synagogue them that believe on thee. They know it. So they know I'm a genuine, this conversion. The next verse, look at this. He had to add this one because that made the biggest impression on him. He said, and when the blood of thy martyr Stephen was shed, I was standing by. When Jesus appeared to Paul, Paul's point of reference about the people he has killed, he can't leave Stephen out. Why? Because when Stephen was dying, he called on the name of the Lord and something happened to him and Saul saw it. Saul had an encounter in the death of Stephen. Wow. 
So it, it haunted him till he met the Lord. Wow. And when the Lord appeared to tell him to leave Jerusalem, he said, I remember when we were killing him. How did that happen? Because he called on the name of the Lord. He says that for whoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. When you call him, you, are, you create the room for him to manifest himself in your life. And it's not just Jesus. Lord, Lord means I'm, I'm ready to obey. You are the boss. You are the boss. Lord means he's the boss. Not only savior, he's also Lord. When you make him Lord in your life, that's when you begin to see his power and his manifestation and his goodness. As I run up, let me go back to where I started from, which is not my message. Where I started from, in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, do not forsake the gathering of yourself together as the manner of some is. And then I went to Acts chapter 2, verse 42, how they continued in the apostles' doctrines, apostles' fellow. Apostles what? Apostles what? So what kind of Christian is it that doesn't continue in fellowship? What kind of Christian is this? You have gone to sit online, people who don't know you. You are listening to them and they are listening to you. And you think because of that you are an accomplished believer. Shame! You are not an accomplished believer. You are a sorryful believer. You are, you are not a plus on the body of Christ. <laughs> Do you know it's a lot of work to be part of the choir? It's work. Called rehearsals, and then sometimes you don't like the way someone spoke to you. You don't like this. And it, it challenges your gen- authenticity. Being part of a church, you go and try and mess up. We will come after you. We'll be calling, where are you? We are going outreach. Come on, let's go. Sometimes too much. You are discouraged. You are not interested. And then we call, yeah. So, having obtained help from God, we continue. So, they continue in the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, prayer, and breaking of bread. Four things that must always happen within that kind of church setting. And if we don't continue, we will, we will, we will break down. And the only way we can continue is when we receive help from God. Someone say help from God. How do you receive help from God? By learning how to call. You see where I'm coming? By learning how to call on his name. Because as you call on his name, you engage his grace. As you call on his name, you engage his grace. I see God changing somebody's story. I see God changing somebody's story. God bless you for listening to this message. To hear more from David Entry, follow him on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and visit www.caris.org for videos and upcoming events. Remember, be a doer of the word and not just a hearer.